get ready for the Girls on Games podcast. Your weekly dose of news, reviews, and everything video games. Always served with a good helping of hype and just a pinch of salt. And now, your host, Leah. Welcome to another Girls on Games podcast. My name is Leah. I'm the host of this show. This is episode number 369, and we've got some fun things to talk about. Why? We've got that trailer for the new HBO version of The Last of Us. That came out today, so we're talking about it today. Plus, Kat and Joelle are going to fill me in on all the news because I've been away and I'm totally disconnected. So let's get into that uh, introducing the crew. Joining me around this digital table today is Catherine. How you doing? I'm good yourself. I'm excellent. Joelle, how are you? Hello, hello, and happy pumpkin spice season, officially. Yes, it truly is. Mm -hmm. And uh, October is next week, which I cannot believe. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Flying by this year. I thought it was still March 2020, to be honest. I mean, honestly. (laughs) That's where we are mentally, right? (laughs) Let's get some housekeeping out of the way before we jump into the crew check-in and remind you that if you enjoy this show, you can subscribe and have it automatically downloaded to you on the podcast platform where you prefer to listen, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. If you'd like to get some GOG merch, you can do that by going to designbyhumans.com slash shop slash girls on games, or maybe you'd like to give us a tip, maybe buy us a coffee. You can do that. It could be a sp- pumpkin spice one because, you know. Tis the season. It better <laughs> be. for that. Ko-fi.com slash girls on games. Or if you'd leave, like to leave us a voice memo, shout out something, uh, pass a comment our way. You can do that and talk back inside the iHeartRadio app. Go to the Girls on Games page, hit that microphone, record a 30-second spot, um, and yeah, you can be heard on the show. So, I have been away, folks. I, I feel a little disconnected because even after we had our uh, cat and I chatted last week and then I went full force into prepping for... Vegas and then went to Vegas and now I'm back from Vegas and still on Vegas time. Cat, <laughs> what are you been up to this week? Oh, uh, well, not much. Um, kept it pretty quiet. I'm still nursing a bit of a injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm getting feeling better, getting better. I can walk around now. Uh, but uh, Saturday night went to, to a nice fancy restaurant. Pascal because we didn't get a chance this summer to celebrate our anniversary. So we were like, okay, is uh, fall? Is we hungry for good food? So we went to uh, Club Chasse Paiche, which translates to Hunting and Fishing Club. Um, and it's in the old port of Montreal. It is a very fancy place that is known for literally um, like seafood, fish, and meat. Do they have game? Yeah, they didn't have a lot of game though on the menu, but it is like it's a it's a high end place, so it's a limited menu. Okay, um, so I guess they bring in whatever's in season, or they can get their hands on. Yeah, so we had, or for appetizers, uh, Pascal had crudo, which is mm. um, Italian for raw. Uh, it was uh, their crudo of the day was uh, red tuna. Mm. Oh, I think nice. it was from the Atlantic. Ocean PEI region. Um, I had their 
risotto, which is something that apparently they the guy said they had since their opening. Um, and it had like uh, truffles and mm. uh, pork and bacon. And it was uh, the best fucking risotto I've had in my entire fucking life. <laughs> and I am not being dramatic. The crudeau was also very delicious. For main course, I had their salmon that came with like on the side there was like little little croquettes and there was like a mo- a bacon mousse um or a bacon souffle i don't know it was it was amazing um and pascal had their chasse pêche platter of the day which was shrimp and steak mm, uh, wagyu yeah it was wagyu steak oh and my usually, usually pascal's not big on shrimp but it was basically butter with a side of shrimp, so he ate them. They were basically <laughs> they tasted like so much like butter, and it's like I'm not complaining. <laughs> um, and then for dessert, he had it was like a homemade wafer with like a vanilla cream in between the wafers, and then they had a homemade caramel ice cream on top. It was amazing. Oh, and I had delicious. their I had their tiramisu where mm. they brought it to me, and then they poured a freshly brewed espresso. And they were like, "Here you go." I was like, "Oh, sold, sold." Yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm getting a passport yeah. just to just for that. It was amazing. I don't know how much how big of a bill we racked up. It must have been like in the 200, 250 Canadian after like taxes and tip, easy. Because we also mm. had drinks. Like mm. we each had a glass of wine, and we each had like a an apéro. Um, but yeah. No, no regrets there. Um, it sounds delicious. Yeah, like I've said it many times on the podcast, and people that know me, like we've stopped giving each other gifts. Now it's just like twice a year we go spend like two hundred dollars on a single meal. Mm-hmm. We do it usually in the summer around our anniversary, and usually in the winter around our birthdays because he's December, I'm January. So we usually like do two very fancy meals, and then we're like, high five, see you next year. Um, <laughs> what we do so that's what we did this weekend uh because i also fucked up and getting those fancy restaurant reservations you have to like go like a month a month and a half in advance mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. at one point it was like mid-august and it's like we missed our anniversary so i just kind of like grabbed by the time i chose this place to grab the reservation it was like mid-september or end of september if we wanted something that wasn't like a tuesday night at like six mm. um yeah i was like yeah whenever whatever the food's still gonna be good in like four four weeks <laughs> that's what that's what that was the highlight of my weekend nice i mean pretty good highlight that meal sounds delicious joelle what'd you do this week well i was so sick i i held i helped a friend move which i talked about uh on the last episode and then i held a baby while i was there and the baby was sick and she she bestowed all of her wonderful things upon me and I was just out for the count. So I have recovered finally and I just, I can't, I can't believe how sick I was. I haven't been sick like that in so long. So thank the medical heavens for antibiotics and for being able to work from home and mm-hmm. just being able to like rest and like recuperate um i just was out for the count so finally it was feeling a little bit better and i just 
did the like ritual deep clean after the sickness of like washing everything and like cleaning everything up and making sure all of the gross sick stuff is like in the trash and it just felt good to like kind of wipe all that stuff away so um on the mend and in recovery and um looking forward to getting back to normal human things but man it was it was really rough so i i feel for people kind of fighting the 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 cold and flu season because was a was rough yeah, there's some nasty ones going around, and we all didn't have any cold or flu for a while, mm-hmm. so we forgot what it was like, and we also forgot what it was like to just power through, where we just said, hey, I still have to do things, but now we can stay home and at least work from home in a lot of cases. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, I was so grateful. And of course, people don't want you to go into the, if you're still going in the office, like people do not want you to go in either. It's like, no. stay home. Do not spread your germs. So, um... So yeah, I'm just really grateful that I'm feeling better because yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, so that's what I did, <laughs> just uh, recovering and recuperating and, and cleaning. So, oh, glad you're better. Yes, thank you. Me <laughs> too. Holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As mentioned earlier, uh, I just got back from Las Vegas. I was down working for the iHeartRadio Music uh, Festival. And, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a whirlwind because, you know, you do all the prep work and getting ready. Then Thursday we flew down. The event started Friday evening, but of course, you know, trying to get on the time zone change because it's a three hour time, co- uh, time zone change. And, um, we knew that most of our work was happening late evening. So, uh, I had Friday night at the concert. Then Saturday we were at the daytime stage from pretty much like five or six hours. And it was so hot guys. It was 38 degrees Celsius. I don't remember what what that is. Fahrenheit. Yeah, it was freaking hot. And then uh, Saturday night, we had the festival again um, at the T-Mobile Arena like we did for the night before. So, yeah, I don't know if it's running on adrenaline. I switched my body real quick to Vegas time or it's the extra oxygen that reportedly they pump through the the casinos. But like I was like. Going to bed at 2, 2.30 and waking up at like 6 and being like, why am I awake? <laughs> and then having to go back to sleep again and try and sleep to to get a decent, you know, few hours of sleep before we went crazy again. Uh, but yeah, it was lots of fun. Uh, collected lots of good content, social media, interviews and all that jazz. Um, and got to play a few games on the airplane. So that was nice. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to be home. It's my last real big trip there may be another one um for the year which is great now i want to sit back and kind of do some stuff around the house and uh get ready for fall and winter i want to decorate for halloween i haven't done that in so long i really want to decorate for halloween so cool well on the airplane candy oh yeah if people come to me come to my house but often they don't because i haven't had any decorations up right they don't know i'm celebrating so i'm going to i always buy it but when no one comes to the door, I guess who gets to eat candy? <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to try and put some decorations up this year. And then that way, uh, kids will know that uh, they can come knock on the door. Because there are a few in this complex. So, but we'll see. I doubt I'll get very many. I used to get some when we were on, uh, we were down in Montreal. Because I had a street level door on a, on a, you know, like a normal street. So people would come and knock. But 
in con in a condo complex or even an apartment. I was when I started in Montreal. People don't really come by trick or treating, right? Yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens in my new place. I kind of doubt like they'll come knocking just because we aren't allowed to like have things in the hallways. We aren't allowed to have decor on our doors. So like it's pretty, pretty plain in, in the hallways. And so I just wonder, like, I just think it would be probably not that fun for a kid either just to like walk through the halls. Yeah, and just, you can't like... have decor on your doors. Like you can't even put a wreath up. Mm-mm, nope, not on the outside. Nope, like you wow. can't have rugs or anything. Mm-mm, wow. So... So, yeah, so it's very, it's very unfestive. But the place where I used to live when I was renting um, was in a outer ring suburb uh, Mm -hmm. full of families and full of kids. And usually Halloween, we'd get like 152 trick-or-treaters. Like it was, it was insane. And it was so fun um, with my landlords. Like we would drink wine and hand out candy, and it was just a it was just a blast. So that I think I I wonder I probably maybe should just go up and do it this year with them just to be in the festive mood and get to see all the little kids. Little kids in costumes is is just the most ridiculous, cute, adorable time. They are so it's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's what the kids in the apartments and you know city and stuff do is they end up going out to the suburbs because people actually celebrate out there and decorate their houses and Mm -hmm. you know give out candy and all that stuff yeah it's also easier when you're not in an apartment so yeah totally totally games wise folks i got to play a little bit on the airplane and then something came out while i was gone that i've been super excited about and i spent pretty much all day today playing but first Catherine, what have you been playing I finished Coffee Talk. Yeah. Um, and then I found out there's multiple endings and decided that I was not gonna fish for all the endings and possibly just YouTube them. But it was a it was a nice little game to play. Very chill, very relaxing. Um and then I jumped back into Disco Elysium. You did? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I'm trying I managed to I think I managed to get unstuck. Uh, because at one point it's like it's Wednesday, it's Wednesday, and they fix something, and you have access to a new area. So now I'm just like doing all the things and exploring all the things and investigating a bunch of stuff again. And uh, I kind of brute force one of the checks where you um, inspect because it's you're there for because there's a dead body basically because you guys are uh, you're you play a detective. Um, and I couldn't inspect and continue my investigation because every time I looked at the body, I was barfing. So <laughs> I just did the non-disco Elysium thing of just like auto-saving just before. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you basically you roll to see if you succeed a lot like m- most. Oh, RPGs okay. So your like, character was barfing. Yeah. I, I was okay. a little confused. I was confused. I, until, no, I thought you I, were barfing. I, say, I, I was like, ooh. yeah, you will. Either way, I don't it give a shit. Been. Yeah. I was like, that's a that's a gaming experience. That's right a there. violent reaction yeah. to an yeah. in-game event. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's basically if, if your dude barfs, then he can't inspect the body and, you know, he can't collect yeah. data right and then yeah. you can checks these checks you can do like there's checks that you can do every day and try and then i was like i am fuck it so i quick saved before and i just reloaded the game until i got the check i brute forced my way in i was like fuck it 
I am not dicking around for an extra day. I am I am doing this. Um and I managed to also without brute forcing just by being very lucky to because it's a body that's hanging by the neck on a rope. Um not a kid friendly game by the way. Um uh, and then you have to take down the body to finish it and if you can't mm -hmm. take it down yourself, you have to find you need to basically ask the people you're investigating for murder to help you bring it down. Um, cause it's a group of, of dock workers. Um, but I, I managed to do the check where you shoot it down mm. with your gun. Sorry, mild spoilers. But anyway, so I managed to like get back into the story cause I was like, I hadn't played in a while and I was looking at like stuff I could do, things I could explore. And then I'm just like, and then I remember that, you know, if you wait till Wednesday, there's a new area that opens. And I was just like. Fuck it, I'm brute forcing my way through the check for the body and just getting back into the swing of thing because I've been away from this game for months, so for like a month, a month and a half, possibly two. So I'm just mm. like, I I need I need something to get going. Um, it wasn't like it was not a hard like surviving the uh, looking at the body. Uh, I was uh, I was maybe half half. I could get it. So I think I just reloaded twice by the third time I got it. And I was just like, yeah, there we go. And then the and then the gun was like it was just a lucky thing, basically. Cause I I was like, I could see that you could try, and I was like, I don't have really like the skills for this. Rolled well, managed to get it down. I was like, alright. So now I'm like oh, I'm back into the game and that's what uh that's what I've been uh playing a lot. Cool. Um but yeah, I also installed um, Dragon Age Origins. Like I, I, I played through all of Mass Effect with the Legendary Edition. Mm -hmm. I decided after Disco Elysium, I was going to replay through Dragon Age. So it's Origins and then Inquisition. Origins, Dragon Age Two, Dragon Age Inquisitions. Okay, okay. I don't know if I'm going to replay for like a third or fourth time. Trink, who am I kidding? I'm going to replay Inquisition. <laughs> You're going to romance all the characters you want to romance again. I mean, yeah, I've I Yeah, I've only played twice because I know which two characters are romanced. So, I could I could yeah. I could find another another nice character to romance in Inquisition. <laughs> I think we've convinced Catherine very easily to replay that game for a third time, fourth time, fifth time. <laughs> Speaking of spooky season, is Disco is Disco a good like kind of spooky game? Would you say if you're not into horror, like is it something you could kind of pick up for if you kind of felt like you wanted to do something a little? It is not spooky in the sense of like horror, drama, or tense. It is depressing like an Eastern European rep uh, repertoire cinema movie. Mm. It, it's like, your character is a piece of shit. The world is shitty. And basically everything you kind of do in this game doesn't affect or change the world. Mm. So it's very much a... I was talking about this at dinner uh, with my hot date, Pascal. Um about how like it, it because it's made i think they're like the game devs the or the original game designers are from estonia mm. um so it's very 
it's very depressy like that it's it's fun the story's great and like if you love um these these kinds of things but like there's no there's no jump scare there's it's just a big mind fuck and it's mm. just like extremely very weird and depressing like i was feeling like a lot of like the narration what's happening and how like you always have this internal monologue i was like is this like eldritch horror like is it tulu type thing where you're slowly driving into madness and it's like no it's just regular mental illness um and it's done very well it's very very good but i mm. um, it's not spooky in the sense of like you know bloodborne or gotham or like it's yeah. not gothic mm. it's just mm -hmm. like the city is in shambles because of a revolution because of war because of class uh, disparities and there's a lot of talk about fascism there's some you walk around with your lieutenant uh that's helping you with this who's basically like all the nations and the races in the game are um are fictional but you're basically w walking around with somebody that looks asian uh southeast asian like korean possibly japanese something like that but it's another name in the game and you some people will just like blade out say racist shit mm to uh to your uh partner there so you know it's hmm. i mean if you like being depressed for spooky season <laughs> if not maybe cult of the lamb is what maybe more what you're yeah there you go there you go yeah that, that's better i was just curious i'm just like ooh, because like control was too spooky for me because i'm a big baby but um i was like well maybe but yeah cult of the lamb i think you're right might be might be the way to go if not, Undertale is also pretty good for spooky season. That's um, not like horror horror. I want to break out Until Dawn again. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Have you played the other one that they made, the new one? The Median one? No, I haven't. But I didn't hear very good things about it, so I don't know. I don't know. I like Until Dawn because I kind of remember stuff, but I kind of don't because it's been so long and there are different endings too. So, so yeah. And it's just, it's easy for Mike and I to play together because it's really takes no skill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's just, uh, it's a narrative. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Joelle, what about you? What have you been playing? I have conquered most of Tales of Arise. I am almost done with that game. It, it, it feels like it's taken me forever because it has. Because I started this thing before horizon forbidden west came out so i'm finally finishing it oh my gosh uh and it's the uh plot definitely took a turn i had no idea like i did not see this coming at all this plot twist and where the story went and so i am like intrigued and kind of confused and excited to finish it up to see to see what happens and um, I might even finish it after the pod, so I'm ex I'm excited to to wrap it up. Nice, nice. Then we'll get your full your full review next week. Yes. <laughs> uh, I finished a game too. I finished We Are OFK on the airplane. Um, final results. I enjoyed the game. It's not a game. It's an interactive story where you just make choices. I can't really figure out if the choices actually affect how things go down. Because, mm. yeah, I can't figure that out. Um, the last chapter 
had this segment in it that like kind of threw me off. I didn't really understand it, why it was doing it without giving too much away. It like put tries to force like a gameplay element in there that's not really a game. And it ended exactly kind of how I anticipated it ending. So for that, like, it's good. I enjoyed it. I don't think I'm going to play it again. The music's great. That's one thing. And I, I talked about that before. And like the, the story's good. So so yeah, if you're into that more interactive story side, uh, I recommend this game. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I'm just not, not I'm, I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad, but you know, like I'm not like singing over the moon now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to see. I haven't had a chance yet because I've kind of stayed away from other reviews of it. So I'm kind of curious to see where and what people thought of it outside of myself. Mm. But one of the my most anticipated games of the year came out uh, on the Thursday when I flew to Vegas. So uh, YouTube and Twitter and stuff be damned. I've been trying to stay away from anything that has to do with Slime Rancher 2 because uh, last night when I got home from the airport, I downloaded it. And this morning I woke up and I have playing been playing pretty much the whole time until I've been recording this podcast, except for maybe taking time to shower, and put some laundry in. <laughs> And oh my goodness, it's so pretty. Slime Rancher 2. It's in early access or, or game preview, as they call it, on Xbox Game Pass. And uh, definitely they have extended their artistic brush throughout this game. Um, obviously, now they're working with much better potential in the quality of graphics and things like that. It really does have this like almost like watercolor painterly look to it. Um, and... I'm I get, I'm I'm pretty early in it. Obviously, I probably won't play it five six hours today, and already got introduced to some new slimes and some new in game mechanics. Um, it's coming back a lot like jumping on a bicycle after not being on it for years, where there's that familiarity because um, a lot of the gameplay systems are the same, and I know you know kind of what I used to do to make things easier for me um, while playing the game when I played the original version of the game. Um, I haven't run into any issues yet when it comes to bugs or anything like that, considering this is a um, game preview slash early access. I'm not sure where I'm going to start hitting walls, but obviously haven't gotten there yet. And uh, yeah, I'm so obsessed already. Just this little bit of time in, but I knew this was going to happen. And then I started, but really only scratched the surface of Baron Breakfast while I was on the airplane, um, got it going and things like that, but not really very deep at all because I finished We Are OFK and then was watching some, uh, I'm watching a lot of Sims 4 uh, like videos, like Let's Plays and building tutorials and stuff again. I think I might pick that game up again. It's been a while, um, but yeah, there's something about the Sims that always kind of drags me in every single time. Do you have any idea why, like why that is? Um, it's a, I think it's a little bit of comfort food. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Of a game. It's so passive. And then every time like you see oh, people doing all this cool stuff in the build modes with all the pa- new packs coming out and things like that. Right. So last time I played, it's been a long while now, but like they've got like outside um landscaping and like beautiful packs for different types of aesthetics and things like that there was a southwestern kind of style one that i saw not too long ago now that's probably all been out for a while but i haven't seen it myself so yeah i don't know it's just it's you know it's like minecraft it's like old faithful you know what i mean Mm -hmm. go back to that every so often Mm -hmm. yeah have you played 
I haven't, but I have a friend who loves The Sims, but how she plays it is she creates cults. So <laughs> she just goes into the game and creates cults for herself, and it's actually really funny. Um, so it's it's hilarious, and that actually is a little bit of inspiring to me. So I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, I'm curious now. Pretty funny gameplay. So yeah. Love that. Yeah, I, I love The Sims, but the sheer amount of purchasable DLC is just fills me with anxiety. Like yeah. when I get a peek at my manager's calendar and I see that she's booked from nine to five every day, that kind of anxiety <laughs> when like I open, uh, I, I go on the EA store and look at The Sims and all the DLC and the content that's available for it. And I just kind of like Alt F4 out of the window because this is too much shit for me to look at. <laughs> it's true. There is there is a lot of DLC. I mean, that's what that game lives on. Um, but they do give a fair amount of free packs, too, which is kind of nice. Um, my biggest thing right now is I'm trying to avoid sitting at my computer, my gaming computer during the, you know, when I'm not working. Um, so and it's I have tried it on my Xbox. It's not that like I don't mm. like the controls on Xbox. Mm -hmm. It's not not for me. So, uh, so yeah, but maybe I'll go jump back into it at some point. Steam Deck. Maybe maybe that's the reason to get a Steam Deck is to play Sims. <laughs> that's I mean, with the, the that's controls legit. on the Steam Deck might not be better. Be mm, that's true. It's very much a point and click type of Yeah, It'd be cool if I could have like a mouse and keyboard and sit and look at my TV. You know, like if I had one of those, remember those lap desks we used to have in the 90s? So we could do our homework in, in our bedrooms. Mm -hmm. Do you remember those? Yeah. With the pillows on it? Uh -huh. Have that and have like a keyboard and a mouse with me, but be sitting at the couch instead. Oh, wait, you don't still have one of those? No, I've moved way too many times to have one of those. They I... still they still make them. I know they do. I have one. You have one? I felt, I, I was like, oh, am I am I old? Because I still, <laughs> I sit like on the couch and yeah, I have like the little lap and the... Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh. No, I don't have one. I've moved a lot over the years, mm. so uh, and across countries. So, so yeah, yeah, I've kind of minimized a lot of that. But I did have one when I was in high school. I'm uh, as I'm shopping for this laptop that I swear to God, one day I'm going to buy. I'm going to actually do it. Um, I will buy myself one of those little tables. They're mm -hmm. so nice. I like. There's like, and you can prop up the laptop and have a room for like a mouse. And yeah. Mm -hmm. They're, Maybe they're that's like the way a few, to go. few dollars on Amazon and whatnot. Like they're like bamboo. They're very light, and uh, yeah, some. I will, like I've said before, like every every two Fridays we have a production wide meeting update mm -hmm. on the production, and then after that we usually have uh, an hour where we play Ronner. Usually it's. Um, content that's about to come out if there's no content that's about to come out we just fuck around and play uh fight each other in dominion and i feel like all of that might happen in bed <laughs> with my laptop and my little table and my little controller connected to my laptop and just why yeah. not amazing well and then your lap doesn't get hot exactly mm-hmm so I get, sure. I don't know, I just feel old now because I'm like, oh, maybe it's just like a nostalgic comfort thing that I need maybe, to have. No, my maybe friend it's just bought me. one recently. Like she, it might be me. She had one and then she lost it and then she bought a new one and she uses her iPad on it. And sometimes yeah. she even has her Switch on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Okay. Now you've convinced me to go find one on Amazon. <laughs> 
I mean, you can you can probably walk into like a home sense or something like that and get one. I, say I haven't seen one in a home sense. I haven't seen one in person in a while. Maybe that's why I think it's like, but maybe it's something that like people just they bought and they have and they don't. You know, that's the not- kind of shit that if you were to go down a random aisle in Canadian Tire, you would find some. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally a Canadian Tire or Walmart rando aisle, you know, especially around like or just for the U.S. August. I'm guessing yeah, Target. Walmart, Target. Oh, yeah. They, Target, yeah. yeah. And like Best Buy has them still like there's there's like one option, but it's like a laptop case. It's like you get one color if you're going to buy it in store. But yeah, okay. Amazon, Amazon has a ton of them. So I, uh, yeah, I really enjoy mine. Okay. I'm going to look for one. Yeah. <laughs> now that like... we've decided that I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking things are outdated when they're not, <laughs> it's time to talk about the news. Are you guys ready to get into that? Yes. Yeah. And we're back with the news of the week. Um, folks, I'm not going to lie. I am way past disconnected, except for the Last of Us trailer, which we'll get into later. So, Kat, I need you this week and you, Joelle, as well, to kind of give me an idea of what the heck has been going on in the world of video games. Because I don't know. I'm lost. I mean, it's been pretty quiet, to be honest. Like it nothing, has. Nothing super major. Uh, but I've got two little feel-good stories this week. Oh, I like feel-good stories. Yeah. So uh, Gearbox says that uh, Tiny, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland smashed all prediction and they're and shattered target. So they're like, this is a new IP. This is what we're doing now. So awesome. If you guys like the mix of the looter shooter of uh, Borderlands, but with the high fantasy flavor because it was basically like Tina's your dungeon master and you're playing Dungeons and Dragons but not really because they don't want to get sued um, so if you like this kind of like mashup um, Gearbox is looking to make more of these experience I look at Tina, Tina's Wonderland and it feels a bit like those holodeck episodes in Star Trek oh yeah so that just to like keep it's still Star Trek but they have that like um, that license to do whatever the fuck they want yeah, I, I feel love like this episodes. might be their hollow deck for for the Borderlands brand. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and second, this is for our friends across the the pond. Uh, the British Film Institute announced a ten year plan designed to support the moving image, and that includes games. Uh, so we've seen it a lot domestically with the Canadian Media Fund. A lot of indie games that you play, you'll see there's that CMF, CMA logo in it. Um, so the Canadian Media Phone has been for a long, long time um, funding many digital projects, whether it's like a web series or a web comic or uh, indie games, smaller games, things mm-hmm. like that. So the British Film Institute is uh, doing the same. It says uh, Screen Culture 20. 20- 2033 sets out how over the next 10 years we at the BFI will transform public access to our programs and collection and how we will use our leadership role in national lottery funding to build a screen sector that benefits all of UK society and contributes to a prosperous economy. Most of us experience or contribute to screen culture through film, TV, online video, extended reality and video games in our daily life. It informs and defines us and continues to grow as an art form and a creative industry with Screen Culture 
2033, we want to transform the way in which people can access our programs, appreciate screen culture, and gain skills and jobs across the UK. So this is uh, just good news all around for video game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those funds come in clutch for a lot of smaller developers and indie developers and things like that because it's hard to get the money to be able to fund a game. And by the... Instit the I guess governing bodies institutes like these that are able to do this like this the Canadian Media Fund that is run by the government right yeah it's federal yeah it's a federal thing I imagine this one kind of is too um because of its naming convention yeah. but yeah it's great to be able to and it, it, it's nice to know that sometimes tax dollars are not going to mm -hmm. some of the ridiculous things that they go towards and actually towards something that I appreciate yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the Canadian Media Fund is like a crown corporation and probably like the BFI is probably something similar. It's like government adjacent. Okay. Um, it's like probably from what I remember from my days in Ottawa uh, with and I had everybody working for the government. Usually yeah. it's what they do is like it's a like a sub uh, a sub organization below like Heritage Canada. So Heritage Canada is like the big government body, like the, that takes care of everything heritage. And that includes culture mm -hmm. and uh, historical stuff and whatever. And then they probably just kind of like gave a bunch of money. They kind of mm -hmm. like created the media fund and they just kind of like give them a budget. And then the media fund is, a, is independent of what it does and they have their mission and whatever. And once in a while, like uh, Heritage Canada probably checks in to make sure they're giving the money to, People that like to the right things. Mm -hmm. If yes, I remember course. correctly, I mean, there's a lot of indie developers in Montreal that are probably that's not what it is, but whatever. Um, that's how I understood it. But yeah, it's basically every every dollar that you give to culture in Canada can fund things like museums, or can fund things like the Canadian Media Fund, or can fund things that are um, are festivals. Uh, like Just for Laughs and whatnot and Jazz Festival and the Festival de Québec and all that jazz usually get some kind of like money from like tourist, like local tourist organization, but usually like Heritage Canada also uh, helps fund these things. Um, cool. To make sure that Canadian culture is celebrated and British are doing the same in the UK with games. Nice. That is some good news, considering so many times we hear stuff that is a game not doing well or people losing money or getting defunded or something like that. So uh, thanks yeah. for that, Kat. With studio closures lately, it's also been like, ugh. Yeah, mm. yeah, totally. Mm. Totally. Joelle, what do you bring for the news this week? I'm kind of uh, continuing on the good news train here. I saw uh, that a... Super Mario Maker fan spent seven years of his life to make a quote-unquote unofficial Super Mario Brothers 5 game in Super Mario Maker 2. It is a 40-level uh, creation that spans across eight worlds, and it's all pays um, homage to the NES and SNES days, um, and it's just this labor of love. I I 
I can't imagine. I was in school for nine years, so I'm just trying to think like this. This dedication is is quite amazing. And I after I read this, I dusted off uh, the <laughs> uh, Super Mario Maker 2 on the Switch, and I logged in and I put in the code and I played a few levels. And I have to say, it really does have that feel and like I got that instant hit of nostalgia uh playing it it does feel like a classic Super Mario Brothers uh to feel so um it is by Metroid Mike 64 and on um, his Twitter, he has it uh, marketed and you can get the maker ID and you can check it out. And if you just kind of want to cozy up uh, to play a really fun uh, Super Mario-like game, I think this is the ticket. Um, it's nice that it's all on theme and on brand. And it is, it is fresh. It has some um, updated design elements and play elements. Uh, it's not going to be too difficult. It's not troll levels. It's just like a fun, holistic gaming experience. So I I would recommend if folks are interested to, to check it out. I really enjoyed myself and I'll probably dip back in and, and play more. It's seriously impressive. I'm looking at a few videos on his Twitter. Mm-hmm. It is honestly mm-hmm. Downright impressive, and it looks really good. It looks like it plays like a classic Mario. It does. I I was really surprised because I've played um, not I'm not like a hardcore Mario Maker player, but I've played I've played quite a few, and it's definitely one of it's like to me it kind of felt like online dating, right? Where you just gotta kind of really sift through not great levels to maybe find some like diamonds in the rough a bit and and I'm not gonna try to like pretend that I could create a great level like I probably couldn't but this definitely did have that feel of of polish and thought and mechanics just where things are placed and like I said like I started playing and I immediately kind of went back to childhood of Super Mario uh, 2 and and it was it was just it was so fun it was it was so fun so yeah it it kudos to him it's not sponsored by nintendo like he totally did this on his own and it's it is it's really creative and impressive yeah it looks awesome i don't know if i have a copy of super mario maker 2 i have to go look i don't think so but yeah it does i'm watching the videos too cat it's uh it's quite impressive and yeah, there's definitely some different mechanics here, like where they have like almost like save points going through using the flag system a little differently. I don't know if that's a Mario Maker thing, like a it mechanic is. thing that they have. Yeah. yeah, it usually is. Yeah. So he's he's definitely incorporated the some of that Mario Maker classic mechanics. But um, it, it, and there's some there's some new kind of twists on worlds uh, that he's done. Like I said, it definitely feels like an updated. It's not just a carbon copy. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely an updated kind of feel. So if you're if you're really itching for those, you know, platformer levels of Mario and wanting something a little more modern, I think this is really gonna gonna satisfy the player. Yeah, I'll read out the code, the maker ID, in case anybody wants it. But I mean, obviously, this is always on the show notes. Catherine always puts this stuff in the uh, on the Girls on Games website on the show notes of this uh, or article page of this particular podcast. But it's a, such a short uh, code. It's zero G as in green, the number nine 
X, N is in Nancy, four, F is in Fred, N is in Nancy, F is in Fred. So yeah, go enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the big news that kind of dropped today. Who wants to take this one? Joelle, did you add it to the document? I did, because I just did a quick little search right right before to see if I could get any hot, juicy things. And and the universe answered my call and showed me <laughs> that The Last of Us teaser trailer dropped. So uh, it, it did. It came out, and I've watched it a few times. Um, and I thought it was fantastic. I... Typically, for video games that are going into, uh, you know, movies or going into shows, I, I tend to have a little bit of a lower expectation, um, just based on on history. But I don't know. This one might. This I'm I'm after the trailer. I think I think my expectations have have crept up a few notches. So I don't know. What did did you guys be? Able, did you guys see the trailer? Yeah, I got to see it. How about you, Kat? Yeah, I did. It, what do you it think? Defi- it definitely plays like mass market um i think if you know the game and you play the game everybody's like they put the whole plot in there or like yeah that's how they gotta do it but uh it looks really good i'm hoping like cross my heart and hope to die that this kind of thing breaks the um the curse of video game being adapted to media uh to like a, a show or a tv or a a movie usually it's better if we take a movie or a show and we make a game out of it the inverse has not been true to name like you know you have the classic mario movie and the classic uh mortal Kombat and street fighter movies that were like so bad that they were good uh they become cult classic but for the cringe yeah and then you got stuff like you know the sonic movie is okay mm-hmm. it's not the Pika- detective Pikachu also was okay. Like Assassin's Creed was a fucking disaster. Um, so hoping, hoping this one breaks the curse. Like I feel like HBO can do like you know they can do a a good zombie show. Mm-hmm. Do you out of The Last of Us? Do you think they also are doing something smart by putting into a show series instead of doing like just a feature film? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, definitely. I, think, I don't think they could cram the entire first game in like a two hour or three hour movie even. Yeah, bits and pieces of it could have been done. I mean, The Witcher turned out well because I think they gave it the time to breathe. But also, I know that wasn't necessarily based on the game. It's more it's based more, on the books. On the books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what I was able to see in this trailer and and kind of like scrub through and slowly, slowly kind of like pick things out. Like, they de- there's definitely elements from the movie like you or from the game you see the firefly symbol and people painting of that so you also see some of the signs talking about the symptoms and stuff and 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 how to spot someone who's infected and you know after going through a pandemic ourselves we kind of you know that's a little close to home mm-hmm. um also too you know seeing pedro pascal um, as Joel kind of from the back like that first starting shot kind of felt like a game shot because he's now, mind you, he's dead center, but like we spend a lot of that game kind of looking over the shoulder. So kind of having mm-hmm. that cool, that cool vibe, um, that moment where you see them kind of hiding from the clickers and all you hear is that clicker sound. You're just like, oh, that sounds good. Um, and that uh, you see a little bit from the DLC because you see Ellie and her girlfriend from the DLC 
I'm assuming that's what that clip is referencing. Not sure. Um, and then, of course, the first kind of look at the clicker in that, like, board, not the last, last shot, but almost the last, the money shot mm-hmm. of the trailer, I would say, mm-hmm. um, which if that's CGI, it looks pretty good. I have a feeling it's makeup and prosthetics myself um, just because of the way it looks. But you never know. Right. It might have just been a really, really good uh, CGI for to, to get the trailer out there. I watched the Uncharted movie maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and it was a fun movie, but and it had um, things that referenced the whole Nathan Drake saga, but there was a lot of it that did match up, like like um, Marky Wahlberg's version of Sully was not the Sully that I'm familiar with. And, you know, they kind of preface it as like an entry, like even before some of the stuff of the, of the original Uncharted series, like almost like a prequel in a sense, though pulled in stuff from like game four and game one and interesting way of doing it. But this has a reverence to it that seems more like the game. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how close they stick to the plot line. They're going to have to take creative liberties um, mm-hmm. to make it work. But I'm I'm getting more and more warmed up to the ideal of Pedro Pascal being Joel. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, it look, it, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's not out till next year. Yeah. But yeah. so far, yeah. I'm What's impressed. important is that they take the good, the right creative liberties, right? Right. Because, like, if you look, if you read The Witcher, if you watch The Witcher, and if you play The Witchers, you're going to see, like, between, like, the source material that's the book, you're going to see the creative liberties that were taken. And, mm-hmm. and these are, like, three, like, a good example of the show works mm-hmm. on its own. Like, yeah, people will complain that it's not exactly like in the book, but the decisions they made were good for the show. Mm-hmm. Same for the game, because, like, you're making something interactive and you're making something where somebody plays like somebody who has their own like agency mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. over the story so you can't just kind of like railroad them into the books of the witcher especially since they made like an rpg so if they make the right creative liberties <clears throat> and we don't all go hammering that it's that exactly like the game no but that they made the decisions that make sense for the medium so that the show is good so that people that love these kinds of like um, horror drama, I guess more like intense shows. Um, and yeah. A lot of the thing about video games that makes it so different from movies, along with the fact that you're with it a lot longer, is that it's your choices that impact the outcomes. You can't mm-hmm. do that in a movie or a TV show. Mm-hmm. So you've still got to create the same agency, the same tension, the same satisfaction with or disappointment in decisions that someone else is making for us and we're just passive you know passive in in the consumption of the story right yeah well we gotta like for a show you gotta remove the agency part and just realize that you're watching a story yeah so like it's almost like you're watching a let's play Mm. like Mm -hmm. you're watching somebody else play it and even if you would have played it differently what's entertaining is seeing their decision and whatnot like that's Mm -hmm. the way i approach I would approach that that series, but it. I I I trust that like that trailer was really good, and you know yeah, like, the casting's mm-hmm. really good, and I'm like 
you know what, this thing could stand on its own legs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel part of like the the hook of The Last of Us story too is that it doesn't turn out always how the player wants it though either. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of disappointment in that uh, storyline. And I think I think that is going that has to be reflected in the show. And I think that, yeah, will be interesting to see, to see what they do. And I, I, I watched a few uh, streamers play it because again, too big of a wuss to play it myself. I started mm-hmm. it. I got halfway through and I was like, I'm too stressed. Like I am just too stressed. I can't play this game. But as I'm watching the trailer, I remember a specific shot, you know, the shows uh, specific shots that are directly from the gameplay. And I remember how I felt during that time in in the game as I was playing it and that immediately puts me already like on edge and already um you know kind of freaked out or in anticipation to see what's going to happen what's going to come around the corner how I'm gonna how I'm gonna do this so I guess in my mind I I immediately get channeled to that space as I'm watching it so I wonder if I'll be as stressed out watching the show as I was playing the game because my adrenaline was just so high the entire time but I I, I love that it's very reminiscent of the game like I'm, I'm immediately in that world I don't have to try too hard to, to place myself there they've they've really done it for me and and I hope that the story is like rich enough where I can just really immerse myself in it and and I don't necessarily want to watch a show like I would just watch a streamer you know like I because because that's that own experience I want to have a nuanced experience watching the show like like we talked about with the witcher because like I've, I've read the books and um i've watched the show i haven't played uh the full game yet but i mean i i appreciate um experiencing the same story in different in different medium and and um in tone so i don't know i i i love it i think it's i think it's fun I think that there's this one shot in the trailer where it kind of pans over like this desolate city that's been like ravaged and there's grass and greenery growing everywhere. And there's like two buildings that are all like demolished. One's kind of fallen to the side, tilted over and you see the greenery kind of coming up through it and it looks so desolate. And I was like, wow, that looks like the game. All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like they definitely got the mood with the aesthetic of the space i also think that the music chosen i don't know the song but that kind of like uh slow country ballad kind of works here to really set that dark dreary mood where you're just trying to trudge along um there's been a lot of these types of journey movies or 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 kind of feel like modern takes on westerns or straight up westerns lately that have come out like i watched that 1883 movie that or tv show that was uh tied to yellowstone and you know we've got stuff like red dead um that came out not too long ago a few years ago now and you know there's been other zombie-esque movies that kind of take on tv shows like the walking dead that have kind of taken on these these kind of stories and stuff but uh but yeah i think they're really settling into it and the fact that neil Druckmann's involved mm-hmm. yeah. you know like that gives me a lot more faith that they're gonna try and stick with the uh the vibe as much as they can mm-hmm. to at least you know hold on to that essence that is the last of us mm-hmm. yep 
but we're gonna have to wait until 2023 which is not that far away which is freaking frightening no, we're still March 2020 <laughs> and with that I think we're closing out the show this week I'd like to invite you to check out the show notes on girlsongames.ca to links to all the stories mentioned in the episode including the link to the maker ID to that uh, fabulous uh, Super Mario Bros. 5 which looks phenomenal uh, if you have the power to rate and review podcasts on the podcast platform where you are consuming us, that would be much appreciated if you could do that for us. Uh, why? It helps with discovery, pushes up a, us up in the rankings, and we do go and read all the comments so that uh, we can make the show better for you. Yeah. I want to thank the crew for being on the podcast with me and sitting down and chatting video games and keeping getting me back up to speed after being gone for so long. Catherine, where can people find you on social media? I am C-S-D-S-B-I-N-S, C-S-D-B-I-N on Twitter and Instagram, but I mostly hang out in the Girls on Games Discord, to be honest. Fabulous. Joelle, where can people find you? On Twitter, you can find me at uh, comfy.gamer. On Instagram, I'm really active on Lauren 87 but I also love being on the Girls on Games uh, Discord as well. It's a, it's a great community. And I'm Leah Jew, our most social media platforms. But of course, you want to know everything there is to know about Girls on Games. You can track us down at The Girls on Games on Twitter and Facebook. Just Girls on Games on Instagram. No thought in there. Discord.me slash Girls on Games to continue this lovely convo and more. But of course, if you ever need to know anything at all, at all you can check it out at our home base. That is our website. I swear to God, I will make it to the podcast. I am still on Vegas time. <laughs> Girlsongames.ca for all that awesomeness. All right. Thanks, Kat. Thanks, Joelle. It's been another lovely week in video games. We'll be back next week and uh, enjoy. Enjoy playing some games. I hope you go try Slime Rancher too. Bye. 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 <laughs>